Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. This is the Your Retirement Elevated podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan. He is the co-founder and managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving clients all across the country, home base in the Kansas City metro area. You can find us online by going to listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. And we've got a great podcast on the way for you today. We're going to be talking about media versus reality. Scott, before we dive into this conversation, hello. And uh, where where do you get your your news or your information, your media these days? Are you exposed to all all methods and forms? If you find yourself more digital these days or still traditional TV, kind of what, where, where do you fall in that spectrum? I'm definitely digital. I am very careful on what I will let into my mind. Hmm. Um, I do have services that I pay for that distill a lot of information down into executive briefing and synopsis. Because uh, I read about an hour to two hours a day. Uh, I read every morning, like this morning is up at 430 unfortunately. And I read for the first hour of the day while I was, you know, fueling up with coffee, um, you know, before I go to the gym. So I do that. I've got services that just, you know, funnel that information down and lets me hit the high points. Uh, I don't watch uh, a lot of mainstream media uh, just because it's not that relevant to my profession, candidly, and it doesn't help me make better decisions for my clients. Interesting. Okay. Thanks for sharing your perspective on that. So, and, and that's a good lead in because we want to talk about, you kind of hit some high points there already. We want to talk about on today's podcast from that financial standpoint a little bit, but we're going to use some different types of real world examples to illustrate this point to you is media versus what reality is. And if we just watch the media, it, it starts to have this effect, Scott, where it really shapes our reality, right? And I, and, and I think we all know that our reality is shaped by the media and also to some extent by what we search for on Google, you know, and other search engines, you know, but how much is that reality distorted from what is actually happening around us? Because I think what's going on now is that this time, you know, we don't have two news channels, you know, we've got hundreds of outlets and I think we find ourselves tuning into that outlet that further galvanizes our what we already believe mm-hmm. and not being political or you know on a soapbox or anything but a lot of things become echo chambers now yeah and it's unbelievable if you you know and I, I don't do it very often but i if you turn on the news and you pop back and forth just go back and forth you know those news channels or if you have two screens on it's amazing you you would not believe that they were talking about the same event Sure. You know, the way it's it's reported, and so again, not, you know, not picking on the media. This the reason I bring these things up is because I think in today's world we are bombarded with information, and so we're not lacking in input. I think what's missing is a really a process to filter out the noise, the misunderstanding, the myths and misconceptions, just the misinformation uh, that's out there, and. The reason I put out the podcast, we write weekly articles, I do client events, I want to help make sense of what's going on. And I really want people to understand if what's being talked about, you know, I would say there's two questions you ask yourself. If you hear something, the first question that you have to ask yourself is, does this affect you? 
and your situation? And if the answer is yes, the next question is, how much does it affect you and your personal situation? And if you could just apply those two things, I learned that years ago. You know, somebody much smarter than me taught me that. So I try to, it's made a big impact on me. And I try to impart that to our clients as well. And when I read this, and you and I were talking about this earlier, the, the data we're going to talk about today, you know, it's called Our World in Data. And in the show notes, we're going to post this image. I, I was blown away, Walter, when I saw this data. Uh, already my little sneak peek at it is uh, is kind of opening my eyes to some things. And, and I, I just want to jump on board with you, too. If, if I can give the millennial uh, perspective on the show here, Scott. Um, Absolutely. You, know, you, you, you talk, even though I don't really, gosh, I don't think I have a whole bunch of millennial traits, but maybe a few of them, I suppose. Um, I'm going to use the evil word Twitter. Um, I, I hate Twitter. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it has been in the past. I used to use it as a great resource of of news it was aggregating news from all over the place they often were breaking stories you know before the mainstream media would get to it and that sort of thing but you talk about echo chambers it's exactly what that has become and there's times you'll look on there and you would think the world is burning down around me and then you know i'd look at that and you almost get depressed reading it and looking at it and i'd walk outside it'd be sunny and i'd go to the store and everyone was friendly and i was like well hold on a second you know (laughs) Things are not as bad as it seems. This is this is not reality the way that it makes it makes me feel when I'm absorbing this information and looking at it. And so I, I had to stop looking at it. So I very rarely will ever go to that site because it just it stopped having value for my life. It stopped. It didn't align with reality anymore in my mind in many ways, shapes, and forms. And I don't know. It's just a, another perspective that kind of latches onto the news side you were talking about. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Even though you're a millennial, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, well, you know, an interesting, you know, this survey uh, by Our World and Data, which is posted in the notes, found that there's a significant disconnect in one area of our lives. And that is how are people killed? I know it's pretty morbid, it could be depressing, but I think it really drives home the point. I think when you look at this, you know, listen to this and look at the image, it's really going to resonate with the listeners. When we look at the graph, basically the organization compared the actual causes of death in percentage terms with the number of Google searches and the number of mentions in the media. And let me tell you, Walter, the difference is striking. Yeah, especially some. And so we're talking about things like, um, just to put the definition to it, right, heart, heart disease and cancer road accidents, Alzheimer's, stroke, diabetes, you know, all these things that kind of uh, terrorism's thrown into the mix, things like that. Oh, certainly. So if you look at, and if you, again, hopefully you're if you're driving, please do not try to look at this. Uh, wait, pull over or go home and do it when you get home. But the causes of death, this is back in 2016, the number one cause of death in the United States was heart disease. So it's over a 30% of people in the U.S. die of heart disease. It's a big chunk. It is. Well, in Google, only 2% of the searches are about heart disease. 2%. 2%. Now, the New York Times, 2.5% of their coverage covers heart disease. And you look at The Guardian, which is UK, only about 2.1%. So heart disease, almost one out of three die from it. Hardly anyone searches for it on the internet. Wow. And hardly the media ever talks about it now number two is cancer 
in about 29.5%. So if you look at this, almost 60% of all deaths are caused by heart disease and cancer. Mm -hmm. Now, the Google searches, about 37% of all searches in Google are for cancer. Now, the media only covers it about it between 12 and 13.5% of the time. So it's just startling. We go down into number three, road accidents, falls. About 8% of the population dies from that. Google searches, about 10% of the people looking for that. Doesn't even show up in the media, barely, about 1.9 to 2.8%. Pretty small slice of the media pie. Yeah. But interestingly, if we, and there's a bunch of other things in here, but if you look at the Google searches, when it talks about terrorism, the terrorism doesn't even show up on the spectrum for the causes of death in America. But seven and a half percent of the searches are about terrorism. And when you look at the media coverage, the media covers terrorism 35% of the time. Wow. So more than the reality of heart disease being a 30% killer, terrorism is taking up 35% of the media's attention pie uh, in terms of what they're talking about and and presenting. Yes. And so it's just, it goes to show that we're just talking about causes of death. This applies to many other things. And one of the big things we transfer this over to the media, we're hitting some all-time highs in, in the markets. Well, along with those are a lot of articles saying, are we in for a crash? Is this time? How can we be at this level and not be in, in for a you know, giant sell-off? Well, if you go back in history, that whole idea of every time we hit a high and the idea that we're in for a correction, that's been repeated thousands and thousands and thousands of times. You know, when the market was at 500, 1,000, 2,000, it's always the same story because what? The media needs to sell viewership. They've got to convince advertisers to, you know, spend dollars. And so they're always leading in and trying to keep you, keep your eyeballs stuck on that, you know, either that article or that television screen. And so they've got to talk about sensational stuff. Um, so again, don't want to pick on the media too much. I just want to make sure we focus on the right things. And this is just an example of something that's prevalent. And the data is so far out of whack uh, that it's just it's hard to fathom that that's you know what they're reporting on. Again, really the point here is that there can be a significant disconnect between what we read about and what actually happens in real life. You know, chances are you already knew that, but you may not have realized how striking the differences can be. And that's the the thing. I just want people to be careful of the type of information they're feeding into their head. You know, it's it's important because it really can change how you see the world. Well, I think you bring up a great point, too, because it's, it's all about the filter that you're viewing these things through as well. And I think there is some actually logic in this study, in this in these findings. If I were to try and poke holes in this, Scott, I would say, all right, well, I can see a correlation of why. You know, why would there be this problem? And and certainly I think you touched on the big one and the one that kind of is unfortunate. And that's just sort of like if it bleeds, it leads, fear sells, those kinds of things. That's why homicide and terrorism and suicide are so blown up in the media. And you don't see it as blown up in the Google searches, which is kind of, I guess, giving you a peek more into the individual's everyday life and concern, and then what reality looks like as well, which is a much smaller piece of the pie overall from those three things I mentioned. But 
this is taking two very large national organizations, the New York Times and The Guardian, just as an example for terrorism. So that's an issue that has a large reaching national impact even though it's not going to impact very many individuals, it still could be anybody, right? So it's it shouldn't be this much out of whack, but I guess I can understand that. When If you took it maybe a, uh, a local news, I'd really like to see this study with a local news station and how much time they're spending on these different breakdowns as well. That'd be really interesting to see if it differed from the national groups. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it, well, you think about nationally, you know, the stories that get put out on the AP, that filters down. You read the papers, local papers, a lot of those are just recycled national stories. Well, you're exactly right. That's very true. You know, so these things get propagated. And so when we read an article and say, gosh, you know, things seem so violent. Well, I mean, a couple of things. There's 7 billion people on the planet, and we've never been more connected than ever. And so we're hearing about these things that it's just so much faster that we hear about. For an example, there's a, a gentleman, by last name of Pinker. Uh, he's an author. Uh, he's, his name's Stephen Pinker. And he wrote a book, and he's talking about just how things are going in the world, how we're progressing. And, and again, we, we think that we're in this just, the like you said it earlier, the planet's on fire. It's more chaotic than ever mm-hmm. before. But if you, and he's got a great TED Talk, uh, by the way, but he just compares statistics of where we were and where we are. Poverty right now is at an all-time low across the globe. Violence and homicide, all-time low and decreasing. And so, But you would not think that, you know, if we, we listen to the media. And, and I don't think this guy has an agenda. He's just reporting statistics from across the globe and putting them in a fashion that's easy to digest. And so that's where I think we definitely need to be careful of the things we're taking in our mind and how we're forming their opinions. And it's tough. It is tough today to discern and to filter out, you know, what's out there. Uh, But I think we all have to stand watch even more closely of what goes into our brains today. Um, Because like you said, if you really tap into it, it can really ruin your day. You know, if you if you dwell on those things, and I I did a little study about two years ago. Everybody has probably seen the the gloom and doom newsletters. Have you, Walter? Have you seen those before? They're always talking about you know the the end is coming. You know, we need to buy gold and. I, I've and, always seen the uh, the videos. That's yes. the, the video you get locked. In. You can't fast forward it. You can't pause it. You just mm-hmm. have to close it. But if you want to, and we're going to get tell you the important thing to know about this in just a moment. But first, you need to know the background of how, and then it just keeps going, and it never gets to the point. <laughs> yeah, and so I did a little experiment. I signed up and got those daily news, you know, e-newsletters from those places. I'll tell you what, after 30 days, I was ready to build a bunker. <laughs> it starts you know? getting in your mind, right? It does. And I'm a pretty positive person and I'm a very optimistic and I'm a realist, but you know, I try to stay on the positive side, but not even I could, after just 30 days of them being relentless, it started to change the way I was thinking. And so I, you know, after 30 days, I'm like, okay, the, the experiment is done and uh, let's get back to, to, to normal. But it was, it was crazy how 
just tuned into that stuff, just painted my reality. So, so, and by the way, I did not build a bunker. So just for so, full disclosure. So you say, uh, <laughs> you were, you were just hiding it as roof construction on the last podcast when really yes. you were building the bunker. Yes. We installed tinfoil between our new roofs. <laughs> so the government could not read my mind. So. That's right. But, That's right. You did say you were putting plastic up. It just is a, a slight fib. It was actually tinfoil. So yes, exactly. It's a new, so. it's a new trend. You just put tinfoil on the ceilings. Yes. Now, <laughs> Uh, I will say it's good to be prepared, just not paranoid. There That's you go. All. A different, a different <laughs> P in that equation. Yes. Um, I always view this as like the uh, this is the shark attack mentality, right? Since we're as we're recording this, kind of in the uh, early part of summer here, and uh, you know I'm a North I'm a North Carolinian, Scott, and so there's always uh, some reports of a couple of shark attacks on our coast. It seems every year, and uh, I think there as as of the recording of this, there's been three. And it just makes you, I'm not going in the water. I'm not getting in there. I'm not, you know, and you just have to realize the amount of people that actually get in the water up and down the East Coast and how few shark attacks there actually are over the course of, you know, every single year. The numbers are astronomically low and the chance is low that you're going to be impacted by that. But the media coverage is all over the place whenever there's a shark attack. Oh, it is. I mean, the, I'm surprised like, that didn't make it into the list. My guess is that the they couldn't even show it graphically in terms of causes of deaths. Right? It's so infinitesimal. It, it is. It, and I'll, and we'll end it with this as a funny little story. I've I've got uh, my wife was telling me she went to see the movie Jaws. Her her dad took her her and her two sisters to see Jaws. It's like, eh, probably not the best movie to take three little girls to <laughs> to see Jaws. Right. But she said she and her sisters. Took a bath and about two teaspoons of water for the next ten days because they were afraid that there'd be enough water in that bathtub for that shark to get them. So again, we—it's what we take into our minds. Yep. We just got to be careful. There's a, there's a movie I can't even remember the movie. Was it was this an Indiana Jones movie or something? I can't remember where a guy looks into a microscope and when he adjusts the. Uh, this is this maybe this is too graphic i don't know but when he adjusts the sights you know the magnification of the microscope these two little blades come out and poke him in the eye and it's like it was it was meant to blind him i guess that it was a trap and i've never i was like oh, i'm not gonna be a scientist i've never wanted to look i to this day have never put my eyeballs fully on a microscope because i'm like nope it's gonna something's gonna poke me in the eye so i i look from far away i was like yeah i'm just gonna go into something that's not science related for my field because just for whatever reason i've never been comfortable from seeing that one little thing it's amazing what it can do to our minds sometimes you could have been the most one of the most preeminent scientists in the world, but that movie derailed you. I don't, so. I don't think so. I don't, I don't have the scientific chops. I don't think, but uh, right. in any in any event, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'll I'll just use that as a reason why I didn't get into into science. I could have been great. I just you know the whole eye poking thing. I couldn't get into. So well, thank funny. thank goodness it wasn't a microphone. That's right. That's we're here oh today. man, so. uh, now oh, oh now I'm gonna have nightmares tonight of my microphone impaling me somehow. So thanks a lot for that, Scott. We'll see if I'm you're, back you're, on the next on the next podcast now <laughs> we all sure hope so they're all gonna say i hope they don't ramble as much on the next one there you go that's uh, all right we we, 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 we keep planned. it we keep it down to business so often here on the show we got to take a sidestep every once in a while right absolutely awesome well thank you scott that is helpful and just keep that in mind especially this year it seems like the news gets more and more desperate for big things to happen we don't have as many sports to distract us <laughs> pay attention to these things watch out for them is it reality that you're ingesting um you know when it comes to this media stuff 
As always, if you've got any questions about what we've talked about or want to talk to Scott about putting together your financial plan or questions you might have about retirement, we're all about that. Get in touch on listentoscott.com. That's listentoscott.com. Or give a call to 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. Scott, that's it for this one. Thanks so much. Looking forward to next time. Yep, we'll do it then. Thanks a lot. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you soon right back here on your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.